Hello everyone, good to see you. Anklem Ullman here. Our website is cwowi.eu and stands for Church Without Walls International. We are part of a worldwide network of house churches. You can go to our website, find a lot of information there. But there's also many, uh, much, many teachings. There are weekly thoughts, weekly emails in English, but also translated into Dutch, into German, into Polish and many other languages. So go to our website. You'll find a lot of information. And if you need to email me, you will find my email address on cwowi.eu. Okay, last video. I don't know if you've watched it. I talked about redeemed. What does it mean that we are redeemed? Well, we are redeemed because Jesus bought us. He bought us, set us free. He came, he, he, uh, he went to the slave market, Satan's market, so to speak, and he picked us out. He chose us. He paid the highest price he could ever pay because he wanted us. So he set us free from the slave market. But he also, there were also in, in ancient times, um, people who bought a slave who set them free just for a sole purpose so they could be set free. Not so they would become a slave of that person, but just to uh, redeem them, to set them free. But today I want to talk to you about, yeah, about slaves again, because no, we are no more slaves to sin. That's what Paul says to Rome and to the Romans. Now we are slaves to righteousness. And uh, many times Paul talks about himself as being a slave to, uh, of Jesus Christ or a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And in Second Timothy uh, chapter two twenty four, he called Timothy even the servant or the slave of the Lord. So we are still slaves. So we are changed from being a slave to one person and now being a slave of the Lord. But it says about Jesus in Philippians two seven that Jesus took upon him the form of a servant. And the word servant is also translated um, uh, as slave. So the Greek word, what is used here, is the word doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S. And it is from deo, D-E-O, and that means bind. So literally, it is a bond slave. And the Christians become a slave of Christ by free choice. And then we are owned by him because he purchased us with his own blood. Well, the idea of a bond slave is in the case, um, is expressed in the case of the love slave or the bond slave in the Old Testament times. And you can read it in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 15 verse 12 till 17. And it there mentioned that if an Israelite bought a Hebrew slave, he must let go them, let's go, he must let him go free in the sabbatical year. But if the slave loved his master of his choice, or uh, loved his master, and if he chose to, uh, of his own free will to remain with his master, then a hole was bored through the lobe of the slave ears. And then he became a bond slave for life, meaning a slave, but out of his own free will. He willingly, out of his own free will, he wanted to serve his master. And all over the Roman Empire, there were those who were known as slaves of the emperor. And I'm happy that Paul wrote to the Romans, not that he was a slave of the emperor, but he says, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. So we are freed from slavery to sin and Satan. We are bought by his blood. We are owned by him for lifetime. But we can choose to be a bond slave and serve him and him alone. 
But wait, there is another word in Greek that Paul uses, and that is translated the word slave in our Bible. It's not the word doulos. When you go, for instance, to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, Paul says to the Corinthians, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let us so consider, let us consider us, let a man consider us. So he's talking about himself, his own ministry, and also the ministry of his uh, companions and the people that he worked with. Paul does not use the word doulos here, but the word huperetes. You write it H-U-P-E-R-E-T-E-S. And the Corinthians, of course, were familiar with the duty of the under rower as they were nearby a major Roman port city, because this word that is translated slave or servant is one of the most unusual words in the Greek language. And that word, huperetas, means a under rower. So when he wrote it to the Corinthians, to the Corinthians, they knew what Paul was talking about. And it derives its meaning from the military life of the Roman Empire. There were warships of the Romans, uh, which I told in the ancient times, they had different leg, uh, decks. And uh, there was a lower deck, the lowest deck, there were seat, their seats of the rowers, the slaves, who were chained to their seats. And many of them were educated people, but they were uh, taken captive now by the Roman armies. And they were seated at the lowest deck of the warship. And then in the upper deck, there was the director, or you could say the captain. And it was he who gave the orders to the rowers. And the rowers had to instantly obey his orders because this was a warship. And they couldn't depend on, the, uh, the ship couldn't depend on the wind to maneuver the ship in the battle. That was too uncertain, but maybe the wind didn't blow in the right direction when he needed to go or it took too long to change the sails. So in battle, they used the under rowers or the oarsmen because the ship had to be very maneuverable. And the duty of the oarsmen was to instantly obey the word of the captain. And if the captain wanted them to stop, they had to stop instantly. And if he wanted the ship to move, then they were to row. But remember, they were in a war. So the under rowers at the bottom of the ship the life of the underrows was very tough. It was always busy. It was permanent. It was dirty. No one saw them. They didn't know what was going on, and most even died in service. And there were five aspects of the underrower that Paul and his companions could identify with when they referred themselves as servants of Christ or underrowers of Christ. First, the gallery slave who was down in the, in the lowest, in the lowest deck of the ship. He saw nothing. It was dark there. It was stinky, smelly. So he had to row to the captain's beat. But the captain was up the deck. So how does that go? And to keep as many of 150 rowers, um, um, how would you say, that? um, uh, uh, working together, you know, they, the captain had needed, was, was in need of a helper and he had a helper and that helper stood next to him. The helper had a drum and when the, the, uh, the captain said yes or whatever, he, he made a sound or whatever, he looked at him. I don't know what he did. And then the helper on the rhythmic tempo beat the drum so that the oarsmen and the slaves down on the lowest deck they heard the drum because the captain, his voice was not loud enough to shout every time. So according to the captain's order and to the beat of the drum, the oarsmen had to row. And each slave had to row 
with uh, with the beat. So secondly, the slaves had to row together. And often their oars were like 30 foot long and they were moved by two or three rowers and they quickly learned that they had to work as a team, otherwise it did not work. And third, they had to trust the captain. It was dark and it was dingy and it was gloomy there in the, in the lower deck of the boat. So as if you can imagine uh, sitting, uh, being there, you know, on, on, on the lower deck of the boat where you had no idea what was going on. You just knew you were in a war, but you don't know where the other ships are. Or maybe they were, they were in a storm. That could happen too. He didn't know where they were. He didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what was going on around him or when he would arrive. He had no idea. So that slave had to have complete trust and faith in the captain. He had to have trust that the captain would guide him through the storm, would guide him through all those warships around them and bring them home safe. And fourth, the slave was committed for life. It was not a duty that you did once, but it was committed for life. And also the lack of sunshine and fresh air meant there were repeated illnesses uh, during service. And fifth, the slave received no honor. Only the captain was visible to the outer world. Imagine, they were doing the hard work, but only the captain was visible. It was all about the captain. If an under rower was seen by others, it was because he was not doing his job. It was not up to him to be seen or to be recognized or to receive glory. It was only the captain who received the glory when he brought them safe home, when he guided them through the storm, when he guided them through the warships. And that was the portrait of Paul and his helpers and his companions in ministry. And you are in ministry too. It doesn't matter if you are on a pulpit as a pastor or a preacher or whatever, but we are all in ministry because we have Christ in us. So when this pictures a, a portrait of Paul and also of Jesus, who was a slave, who, who, who took upon him the form of a slave. So what can we learn from, from Paul? Well, what did Paul wanted people to know? What he want, did he want the Corinthians to know? He wanted to be known for a couple of things uh, that he wrote according to the captain's beats meaning only what the captain told him to do, he would do. That is so our Lord, right? He could only do what he saw the Father do or heard from the Father. And he was so submissive that it was not about his plan, not about his idea. And he was not led astray by all the sound and the noise that he heard around him, because it could be very noisy. He was not afraid to think, oh, no, I should do this or I should that. No, he had to, to, uh, to totally trust the captain. He had to work in harmony with those around him. Otherwise, they wouldn't go anywhere. And he didn't care where he labored for the, the, the captain. And he was even uh, willing to die at his post. And he wanted none of the glory to go to himself, but only to go to the captain. And the captain with a capital C. While those gallery slaves did these things out of fear, and they were taken captive by the army. But we can do them because we choose to be a servant of Christ. Not only a doulos that we lay down our lives, and that we are a bond servant, that we serve him willingly, that he set us free, and it's our choice to serve him our whole life, but we are also a, a servant, a, a under-rower, if you want to be an under-rower. Uh, but when you are an under-rower, it's not out of fear, but we can do them in confident trust in a loving captain. His plans for our life are good. And are you willing to go wherever he leads? Are you committed for life? Are you sure that you take none of the glory, but that you pass all the glory to the Lord? 
That is how Paul is our example. This is how the Lord is our example. And I hope that we all can follow their examples. Are you God's underower? My question to you, just think about it. And it's just a, a change of the heart. Say, okay, Father, I repent. It was about me. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to receive glory. I wanted to do my will, my plans. And I think all the noises around me made me... Uh, 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 um, how do you say that? Because of all the noise around me, uh, around the ship, I made certain moves and I did certain things which were not wise. And it was not you who did that. If I had trust you, you would guide me through the storm. You would guide me through the war. But you can uh, can make a change and say, okay, forgive me, Father. I want to be your under rower. I want to be a doulos. I want to be a bond servant. And it's not just for when everything is nice and easy, but for life. It doesn't matter if I die because I know where I go to. You are redeemed. You are bought with a price by his blood. You are his. So no matter where you are right now in life, you already belong to him. Isn't that good news? Hope to see you next time. Bye-bye. 